Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the weekly Thursday morning edition of the Household Express, a program dedicated to all your homemaking needs. I am Sister Amara, joined by Chef Sakia Takari, and we're delighted to be in your company up to 11 a.m. this morning. Assalamu alaikum, Sakia. How are you? Wa alaikum assalam. Alhamdulillah. How are you, Apa? I'm well, and you? Are you keeping cool? Uh, it's a little hard now with the heat wave and the load shedding, but alhamdulillah, we can't complain. Alhamdulillah, yes. We have to accept whatever challenges are faced with us, and Melagratas is and Afia, inshallah. Amen. Amen. Well, here's what you can look forward to in today's program. Well, we actually kind of have a kind of a mixed bag of information on food and cooking and baking. So, uh, we're going to actually start off with foods that keep you cool during summer, during this heat wave. And uh, then we're also going to talk about Easter. Now, I know it's a perfect weather for Easter, but there are a bit of challenges making Easter in this weather. Zakia is going to be telling us more of it. And talking about East, though, Zakia told me earlier, Cook Sisters are trending again. Cook Sisters are trending again. And I think they're trending with a twist as well, just to add a bit of a lighter note on that. And then we're also going to tell you about tips on making savouries. And then tips on buying meat, chicken, fish during load shedding. And the recipe we're sharing with you today is a watermelon and radish salad recipe. And it's basically perfect for this a uh, hot, hot weather, yes. It's a very cooling salad, and it is courtesy of Sister... Um, let me just go through that recipe again. Sister um, Nafisa Ragi, yes. Sister Nafisa Ragi and Sister Zinat Kaji have allowed us to share this watermelon and radish salad recipe with all the lovely listeners out there. Well, the question we're asking you today is... Um, what type of meals have you been preparing during this heat wave? And have you started with your Ramadan food preps already? We also have an open line discussion for any of your cooking or baking questions or concerns. 072-786-1548. That's our WhatsApp number. Okay, let's start off with cooling food, Sakya. What... Um, Take us through a bit of the cooling foods that we can consume now during this heat wave and summer. Okay, so when we're talking of cooling foods, Apamara, it's not um, we're going into stuff like having things that's cool to feel refreshed or uh, stuff like ice creams and sorbets mm-hmm. and milkshakes, etc. This is foods that we're going to share with you that, inshallah, if you incorporate it in your diet, it will help your body feel cool from the nutrients within. And so from the inside out, you'll feel cool. And some of these, um, you know, like the old housewife's tale is, they say, the, the rose syrup yes. sherbet with your girth. And then, um, like we were discussing earlier, your different types of lassies and your lemon water, or no, also known as nimbupani. But from a more Hakim point of view, eating in fruits and vegetables, uh, which have a cooling effect on our body and that has coldness in it, um, some of it which are apples, bananas, pears, cantaloupe, watermelon, tomatoes, all types of citrus, Mm -hmm. lettuce, radish, cucumber, celery, button mushrooms, asparagus, and then your your types of uh, cheeses, which is Swiss chard, uh, eggplant, spinach, summer squashes, Chinese cabbage, 
bok choy, broccoli, cauliflower, sweet corn, zucchinis, soya milk, soya sprouts, tofu, uh, mung beans, um, barley, seaweed, um, stuff like this, you know, yogurts, mm-hmm. and... Um, Things these these foods can be incorporated in so so many different forms and ways. You know, you can make a fruit salad. You can have a green salad. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I mean, we sharing a recipe later, which includes watermelon and radish, which is two cooling uh, mm-hmm. items as well as lettuce. Mm-hmm. And you can have that as a side on your meal to help cool you in from the inside out. You can make smoothies with it. You can turn these. Um, you can have apple juice. You can make pear juice, watermelon juice, mm-hmm. cantaloupe juices. You can have um, the cucumbers and apples and pears cut up also into water and let the water infuse those nutrients into it and drink that as well. So you're having like a flavored water. Um, these vegetables here also don't need to be steamed. It can be cooked into your curries. It can be made in grilled, roasted, whichever way you prefer it. The important thing is to consume it to help our bodies from the inside uh, cool down uh, through natural sources and healthy sources so that we can combat this heat wave. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think, you know, even during the heat wave, and I'm sure most of the, the listeners are you know, I think it's too hot to even uh, make Italian rice unless you're just making it on that day, on that day, you know, and, and having it. But it's cooling food also just to have a, a nice curry kitchen with spinach and olive fry. It's very cooling. Yes, because curd is cooling, which is curry. Mm-hmm. And then also your spinach is cooling. So uh, besides that, if you look at a lot of your sides for curry kitchen, it's cooling it's items cooling, such yes. as spinach, your eggplant, your squash, your butternut, all those things. So it is a nice option for tomorrow's lunch. Okay. And then if you look at the the, the, the different type of Indian t- traditional foods again, it's like they make like the faluda, the syrup, the, the rose syrup, and they make like a water gas, they grate it in there, and then soak up some tukmuria seeds. When it swells up, you throw it in there, more like a Bombay crust type of thing. But here you're not adding the milk, it's more like a water syrup as well. Very, very cooling indeed. Yes, the simple Ramadan way. Yes, and it really cools you down. And you need to have it nice and cold. Uh, and besides that, I mean, it's very, um, it's not, the so sorbet is also refreshing, mm-hmm. but here's that cooling effect on the body, whole, your whole nervous system as well. So it's something very good. It's something that we should also maybe bottle and freeze for our kids to take with to school and drink. And for us also to keep in the fridge instead of cold drinks and store-bought juices. Mm-hmm, absolutely, yes. And... Uh, if we look at, um, we, we, we spoke about the cooling food. I found tea, a cup of hot tea, in fact, cools you down after a while. So, I, so this is something I learned from the Middle East. Uh, irrespective of how hot it is, and also in India, you notice they drink a lot of hot 
heat. Yes. So they say because it's so hot outside and you're drinking this hot liquid, the body needs to climatize your body so you actually feel cool. Mm-hmm. So if you have, so if it's very hot and you're feeling hot and you drink something that's very cold, the body needs to work hard to um, bring the body temperature up so you don't feel cold. So in that way, your body is working and then you start to feel more hot. But here, it's so hot on the outside and because you're drinking something that's warm and uh, hot, the body doesn't have to work. So it actually climatizes the inside of the body. That's why you feel cool. And it's a good idea. You're going to be having tea. Have like a herbal tea, a green tea or a lavender tea or chamomile tea or just like a Turkish tea or just a cup of nice black tea. That's, that, that's it, you know. You can add a bit of honey to it, maybe a slice or two of lemon and have that. Even um, iced teas are nice to have. It's very cooling, very refreshing indeed. And keep it at room temperature yes. so that it has an effect on your body. Okay. Let's now go on to estos. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Is it, how hot is it too hot for estos? So, remember, estos um, need heat. So it's the perfect weather. It's never too hot to make it. But yes, because of the extensive heat, we need to be more uh, cautious when making it. Instead of leaving it out for an hour or two or a good few hours, because the heat is so intense, in 15 to 20 minutes, even half an hour, your heat still can prove in double and triple its size already. Mm-hmm. And when we over proof our yeast dose also that can be a disaster because it then allows your product to flop it yes. won't be light and fla- uh, fluffy and airy you know okay and then again um Zakia, does the heat have a different effect during summer with your yeast dose um so the only thing is um by put like I mentioned, by putting it out into the direct sun in summer where it will prove much faster where in winter you need to use more effort to to help it rise. But other than that, no, the liquid doesn't have to change in your recipe. Um, The liquid works actually with your flour. The flour works with the density of the coal and the heat. So if your flour is, um, so obviously there's more moisture in the air in summer so that's why it seems that we use a when and you'll notice in summer that your recipe will work out better than in winter because the flour has moisture to it and most 99.9 percent of recipes are made for your summer climate that one percent of um that 0.1 percent uh doesn't work out in winter you'll find the dough is a little drier etc so you need to add in a little more liquid because of the cold so the 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 flour is dry but if you're using um recipe books like from the uk etc you'll notice that sometimes when you're making those recipes in summer it seems to be more sticky because their recipes are uh, climatized to their, their um, mm. air and temperature. 
Okay, perfect, yes. Now, talking about ESTOs, Kusitas uh, are trending again, okay? So, when the listeners can come in here, you know, uh, what are your secrets of making those that best, nice, soft Kusitas? What spices do you add in? And uh, you can WhatsApp us on 072-786-1548. Also, the question we're asking you today is, share with us what type of meals have you been preparing uh, during this heat wave? And have you started with your Ramadan food prep, 072 1548 Talking about co-sisters, you know, you asked me earlier on before we started the program, do I add a potato in my co-sisters? Well, I haven't made it for a while, but my mummy is basically an expert in making co-sisters. Well, now she doesn't make any more of the health and things like that. But I know she actually taught us to make, put a bit of mashed potato in the co-sisters, makes it a bit nice and soft. Whoever does that, you know, Share the listeners can share with us your secrets. Do you add a bit of mashed potato in your cousins? We'd love to hear from you. And what type of spices do you add in your cousins? So, I actually have noticed the trend with uh, the mashed potatoes in the cousins. So, while studying, I didn't learn to put mashed potatoes in the cousins. In campus, we learned to make uh, cousins without mashed potatoes. And um, I just thought I'll share a little tip when it comes to yeast and working with yeast products. So yeast is a bacteria, as we all Mm -hmm. know, right? And it thrives on moisture, time, and um, food. And food for yeast is uh, sweetness. Sweetness. So if you eat your... So I've noticed... uh, So I'm not saying it's wrong, right? Chemically, it's wrong, but it works. It's been done for um, centuries, and it never flopped your sisters or your bread, where you take your dry yeast and you throw it into your flour with your sugar and your salt, and it just works. Um, that's how it's been done in homes for years on end. But the correct way of um, making sure you have a good yeasty dough is take your... Um, Take your liquid of your recipe, be it milk or be it water, and then you warm it, of course. It mustn't be burning, but it mustn't be cold. It must be able where you can put your finger in and take your finger out without a jump, um, etc. Once it's warm, your liquid, add in your yeast powder with the sugar of your recipe mm-hmm. and allow it to ferment. And then add that into your, into your dry ingredients and see the difference of your dough. Okay. It's a it's a lot more lighter and fluffy and airy. So it's basically you basically using a different method. Yes. Instead of putting the yeast in the flour with all your dry ingredients, you're basically fermenting it into that water. So by fermenting it, you're activating the yeast already. So it's already fermented and has nice air in it because when yeast ferments, you see the air bubbles. The bubbles, the, yes, yes, that, that yes. fermentation happening, and. Um, that they added already in gives it already a more light and foamy texture. So it makes your your, your bread and your, your 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 dough much more lighter and also you don't need to overwork your dough. So even though you're using instant yeast? Even though you're using All instant right. yeast. 99% of the time today you use instant, instant yeast. yeast. Very seldom do people use um, the wet yeast. Yes, certainly. Okay. And then another sixth of sisters is the nachi peel. Yes, so winter's gone and, you know, um, when winter comes, I have a habit of collecting all the nachi and orange peels. 
Oh, or not orange peel, but for nachi peels, yes. Okay, so the nachi mm-hmm. peels are kept for your sisters and your bacon and those type of recipes. And I like to keep the orange peel to make natural teas. Like the Turkish teas, you know, everyone's been going to Turkey. Turkey is the craze. Mm-hmm. So how do they make all these lovely teas in Turkey? It has no tea leaves in it. It's your, um, it's your apples that's dehydrated and then powdered with sugar or no sugar. And it's your pomegranate seeds that's dehydrated. It's all your different flowers and fruits that's just dehydrated and turned into a powder. In the same way, you can take orange uh, peels with your cinnamon sticks, some lemon, honey. You can use rooibos tea bags and make lovely iced teas. Alhamdulillah, yes, okay. A question on yeast. Can one still use yeast that maybe has expired a month or so? Good question. So if you follow the method that I told you with the liquid and the sugar, by doing that, you'll know if your yeast is still alive or dead. By that way, you're not wasting a whole bunch of ingredients because if your yeast is expired, but it doesn't mean it's expired that you can't use it. Remember, expiry dates are guideline, mm, mm. especially on something like yeast because it's dry. It ha- you can't see whether it's gone uh, dead or not. And why I'm using the word dead is because if yeast um, stands for a long time or it's open and exposed to air, to air, it doesn't ferment and it doesn't activate. Mm-hmm. So by you mixing it into some warm liquid with some sugar to feed it and it ferments, even though it's expired, you can use it. And if it doesn't ferment, then all you do is you, uh, you, you discard off that liquid and you add in new yeast to new liquid and allow it to ferment. Fermentation in the liquid means your yeast is active and you can use it irrespective of a shelf life date. Okay. for that, Sakya. Well, our lines, I mean, our WhatsApp line is open 072-786-1548 you can uh, um, drop us a whatsapp on uh, for any of your cooking or baking or savory making questions or concerns 072-786-1548 okay let's go for a short break when we come back we're talking about savories and much more cooking and baking and um, everything to do with cooking and baking. So you're welcome to actually drop us a WhatsApp on only any of your cooking or baking questions or concerns. 072-786-1548. Stay tuned. Well, we've got lots of questions coming through and I'd like to ask listeners a question. You know, why does the purse, why does samosa per crack? Besides the freezer or the load shedding on and off now, besides that, why does samosa per crack? And maybe the listeners in the home, the sisters in the home industry can maybe, you know, come in and uh, give, uh, give us some tips and ideas on to av- how to avoid your samosa per from cracking, you know? Is it something that... Uh, we're doing something wrong when we're making the pur. Why do you use oil, ghee? Do you add more flour, less flour? And perhaps you can help us out with it. Another question gets come through is, um, a listener says, let me just go back to that question again. Um, this is now when I, I, I really miss Marhuma and Tikrachai Prime, you know. Melta Grand General of Hiltos, Amin, Amin. All the Marhumin, Amin. Uh, I just want to ask, I want to make samosas. How much chicken mince will I need for 20? dozen samosas well for my estimate i would think about two kilos again it depends on how much of onions you're going to put in your samosas i mean onions you're going to put in your mint as well so i um 
I agree, plus minus you get from a kilo of months, eight to nine dozen samosas. So maybe you're looking at about two to two and a half kilos. It depends how how finely ground your mince is also. Yes. You know, um, because... And how much you fill your samosa. Yes, 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 yes. So it, it, it varies on that as well. So to be safe, make two and a half uh, kilos of mince. If it's extra, it's extra. And um, if you're short, then you can just fill in. Yes. Like I said, it depends how crown, how fine you want your samosa mince. Because everybody has a different way of the uh, samosa mince, uh, chicken mince texture as well. Yes, and like we spoke about it a few weeks ago, like besides your onions, some people eat in the sago yes. and all of that. Those things also take up space and uh, gives volume. So then you'd use less months um, for a greater quantity, but plus minus two and a half kilos. Okay, our WhatsApp number is 072-786-1548, okay? Another question, salams, a dry yeast is 10 grams, yes. How many grams is the cake yeast and you still get? Also at the bakery, they have, they, they have only five kilos. Maybe you can assist. I know the 10 gram, I mean the, the packet of uh, yeast that we're buying is 10 grams, is 10 grams but, uh, all right? But now the, 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 um, the grams, the cake yeast, the fresh yeast. Oh, okay. You're talking about the fresh yeast. How many grams is that? I need to get into those small come cubes. In, yes, they come in little blocks. I'm not, uh, I, to, offhand, I'm not exactly sure what the weight is. But obviously, it's like the dry yeast as well. You'll just weigh it out and you'll use it in the same process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe listeners can help us out with that. You know, how many grams do you get in a cake of fresh yeast? You know, we'd love to hear that. Zero seven two seven eight six fifteen forty eight. Another question. This one says, Assalamualaikum. Please tell me why when frying mince samosa, does it get black spots? Do I have to defrost before frying? Sakya? So, I noticed this happens with the freezer, the load shedding. I notice even sometimes the whole month inside goes black. It's not off. The samosa is not off. I don't know what's causing it, but I did experience this a few years ago. Um, if you remember, uh, there was a Ramadan where, or just before Ramadan, we had load shedding for about four or five days when pylons yes, fell. Yes, yes, yes. When that happened, I noticed that happened to my mince samosas, my beef mince samosas, mm. to be precise. It didn't happen to the chicken. It happens to mutton and beef for some odd reason. What's the cause of it? I don't know. But I do notice that if you take out your samosas um, and you allow it to defrost, put them back in, stuff like that, or because of uh, the freezers going off in that, that happens to the samosas. Uh, also, if the samosas lay too long in the freezer. Uh, so someone mentioned to me that if you have samosas over six months in the freezer, that happens as well. But I had the experience where we made fresh samosas and that happened um, was in like a two-week span because of that load shedding, uh, not load shedding, that pylon falling yes. and no mm-hmm. electricity. Mm-hmm. So that could be one of the reasons, but your samosa is not off. I am aware of that. There's no smell. There's no no funny taste. Everything is right. It's just when you fry it, the color of the mince changes. Okay. Then I have another uh, why. One of the reasons why the samosas care the black spot is because you haven't uh, taken out most of your liquid uh, from your onions or your mince. You haven't braised it completely dry. Okay. 
and of that for whom Antikaray Chai Abraham taught us that. Okay. Right. So it's one of the reasons. So I think you need to look at the different reasons and a challenge you're going to with a lotion, it could be one. And another thing is pray shamans complete to try your onions as well. Let of moisture in it. So try and reduce your moisture in your mints and especially in your onions as well. And then uh, we've got another question coming through. Um, okay. This one says, how much onions do you put in a kilo of mints for samosas? Well, sister, it basically depends on you. Okay. Do you want more onions in your samosas? Do you prefer less? It's entirely up to you. Zakia, how many onions would you, um, just a basic guideline? So I would suggest um, your onions to be one cup to one kilo. For me, that's too little. I'm talking about my Okay. okay. <laughs> and then it's again, how fine you want your onions? Uh, so I actually cut them very fine because in my family they don't want to see the onions and they don't like onions. And then my mommy on the other hand is like you, she wants the onions a little you bit must see more the bite. and yes. she wants onions in her danya to be visible in the yes, samosa. Yes, me too, yes. Okay. Whereas, uh, you know, the children nowadays, they don't want to see onions, they don't want to see tomatoes in the tarkari. So you have to accommodate. I feel you get a nice taste. That's what you call a samosa, right? Okay. Coming back to the East uh, question. Uh, Salam, you can't wait. You won't get the same weight as the first one is wet and the other is dry. I agree with the sister, Zakia. Um, so in campus, we actually learn to just weigh the yeast, irrespective of it being wet or dry. Uh, dry is just dehydrated, and when it's wet, it just has a more fresh and yeasty smell and taste to the product. So it doesn't really affect the product as in weight, so your weight will still be the same. Okay. Another listener says, Sister Mara, hope you enjoyed your Umrah. Cheer, alhamdulillah, jazakallah khair. Me now I'm making my mince mixture and freeze it and make fresh when needed. One bundle, uh, one bundle of mince is basically making, I can at least know what the listener is talking about and explain again. Lowering this that gets slightly brown tastes the same, okay? Now I know what the sister is doing. Uh, I've done it before, okay? Before it's load shedding issues and that. Uh, you braise your mince, just a musa mince, you braise it, cool it, freeze it, but you don't put no onions, no danya, no nothing. When you want to make your samosas, you defrost it the day before and in the fridge, and you add in your onions and your green danya, and you fill your samosas. But uh, unfortunately, I wouldn't attempt doing that now because of the load shedding. And mince is something that goes off very, very quickly. So that's a tip from one of the listeners. Jazakallahu khair. So just for the listener that uh, wanted to know what's the weight on those little uh, fresh yeast blocks, they plus minus 17 grams, 17 okay. grams. A listener just sent in, she said 20 grams, so plus minus okay. around there, okay? So basically, it's you're using fresh to dry, okay? So yeah, how would you... Um, um, make your dough using fresh yeast and dry yeast? So the same method, you still activate your fresh yeast. It doesn't mean it's fresh that it's active. It's just a wet component. It can also be dead. In the same way that you use your dry yeast, you'll use your wet, uh, your wet yeast. 
Um, I'm just looking at Google and I know they say in different here of your equivalence of your wet to dry yeast. Uh, but in a personal uh Personally, I've used it and we've worked with it in campus where we use the same quantities. So um, remember, Google sometimes is not always right, but also we also can learn. So you can try it uh, where it's uh, the same equal um, quantities of your wet yeast to your dry yeast in a recipe if you have wet yeast and you prefer it. But um, personally, I've used it. I didn't have an issue. Okay. Uh, another listener says, Shukra for a lovely program. Jazakallah Just wanted to ask if there is a substitute for vanilla essence in baking. Sister Maryam wanted to know. So, uh, vanilla essence um, in a recipe can be substituted with anything. Remember, vanilla essence is just there to give it um, a vanilla flavor. And it's mostly to take that eggy flavor away um, in a recipe, especially in your oil cakes and stuff that doesn't have butter. Uh, so, because it has a lot of that egg taste to it, um, so you add vanilla essence. In place of your vanilla essence, you can use any other essence that you like, lemon essence, orange essence flavor it with uh, you get now all types of essence peppermint candy floss blueberry mm. raspberry uh, almond ilachi watermelon cola the there's vast all all your baking stores have uh, a huge range of essence you can actually um, substitute vanilla essence with any essence of flavors but what i personally like and which really takes your baking to another level is using um, vanilla bean paste. It's very expensive, but a bottle of vanilla bean paste will last you a, even maybe a year, maybe two years, depending on how much you bake. But it really changes the flavor. You can actually taste that vanilla flavor. Can you put it into your biscuits? Yes, you can. And it's very and nice. And you get it at your baking store. You do get it in your baking store. And if you want to be a little bit more fancy, you can buy the vanilla pods. But those are very yes. costly. So uh, vanilla essence is just basically um, uh, a synthetic vanilla. It's not real. And it's there just, um, it's, it's a cheaper way of uh, trying to incorporate the vanilla flavor to, subs to, to um, you know, t uh, take away that eggy flavors from our doughs and batters. Okay. So it's a vanilla bean paste. Okay. Sakla for sharing that. I'm definitely going to try that out again. Okay, listeners, maybe the sister can help us out here. Why does samosa per crack? We'd love to hear from you. But if you can help us out with the inter tip of that. And um, also, spring rolls burst when frying. Why does the spring rolls burst when frying? So basically your samosa cracks and your spring roll bursts because of the same reason, your dough is dry. So if you're buying, uh, obviously no one makes spring roll pastry because that's now, that's a very hard task. It's basically between a samosa per and a phyllo dough. Mm -hmm. um, it's not as thin as phyllo dough, but it's not uh, as thick as a samosa per. Um, so... We, so what I like to do is I notice like, you know, when you buy your your your, your spring roll pastry and um, if you notice it's dry. Very dry. Don't use it. Rather buy new new dough because you're just wasting your ingredients. Especially around the edges. Is yes. Check your packet properly uh, and check if it's cracked around the edges don't or on buy the corners, it. then don't buy it. And that's yes. one. Mm -hmm. To check the date. 
of production uh, on your samosa puri and your pa- uh, spring roll um, pastry because the spring roll pastry that you're buying in the stores today is mass production. So if the stores had it in that freezer for good few months or quite a while on its shelves and in the freezer, it's going to most probably be dry. So check the date of production. If it's close to the date of which you are, you know that's fresh produce. So you hardly will have a issue of breakage. One. And two is our samosa per cracks while working um, also is because when, uh, first of all, it's when they, you know, we make the dough, which is just your salt, your flour and your water. Then when we're making the rotis, in between the rotis, we need to oil it, right? We're not putting enough oil. Mm. So because we're not putting enough oil between the, the rotis, that also can be a reason your roti, uh, per, per I correct. mean your samosa per is dry. So that's why when you fold in it and then once you fry it, because of the dryness, it cracks. A nice step to do, I know this, I learned from the older generation is... Um, you keep your samosa per wrapped in your wetted dish. In a damp yeah. cloth. Yes. You wet a cloth, you squeeze out the water and you uh, you wrap your per in it. And then if you don't want to f- like fill and close, fill and close, same time, you keep the samosas between damp cloths. Mm-hmm. Not a cloth that's holding water that you can feel it's wet. Squeeze out all the water. You can rather re-wet the cloth a few times in your process of making samosas. But... Keeping uh, it between a, a, a damp cloth helps add moisture. Okay, okay. And then also uh, a tip for samosa per, I say put a bit of vinegar in it, in your water. Okay, that's something that Makes fun. it crispy as well. And then Sister Rashida says, which per is best? Jazakala, homemade, Sister Rashida. Homemade per is the best, yes. There's I no other than homemade, but nobody makes homemade spring roll, basically, unless they're using samosa per. Uh, yes, uh, homemade uh, spring roll you won't find. But also, you know, so not everybody can make, uh, but it's an art. It's an art, uh, absolutely it's um, an art, yes. But I would still support the auntie that makes per in her house because you know it's a better per than the per from Anything. the freezer yes. in your stores. Remember, you're supporting a family. True. Absolutely, yes. And then the sister wants to know, why does my spring rolls uh, burst when frying? Okay, uh, probably you didn't paste it up properly. And then if you're making, like, if you've got corn and things like that in your spring roll, pulse your corn. Okay. Don't leave it whole. That's when it bursts. No, but also besides that, it's also the dry the dry sheets that dry we make sheets. in our savouries with. And also when we make in our savouries, we don't register. We make the samosa. And then we keep it on the table or in the tray, in a plate and stuff. Once we do like maybe a dozen or two dozen, then we want to pack it in a Tupperware. By that, the air dries out the, 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 keep the casing, you know. cloth over it. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay, let's go for another break. When we come back, we're sharing with you a watermelon and radish salad. And still taking your cooking, baking, savory, making questions or concerns. 072-786-1548. Stay tuned. LMA, Telenasia Muslim Association, your pioneer association, providing sound, basic, teeny education, which has nurtured thousands of Muslims, fortifying their Iman and Deen over 57 long years and continues with excellence. Do not deprive your child from sound, Deeny Talim till class 10 by the LMA. Secure the Akira. Did you know that half of today's jobs will not exist in the next 10 years? 
Technology is rapidly taking over every industry and creating massive opportunities for careers and business. Are you ready to tap into those opportunities? I'm Bilal Katrada, founder and CEO of IT Varsity and three other successful tech companies. And my goal is to empower you to succeed in the tech-driven world of tomorrow. At IT Varsity, we make sure that you have the right tech skills to go further in your career. Study anywhere, anytime, under my personal supervision. So what are you waiting for? A world of opportunity in tech awaits you. Visit itvarsity.org to sign up today. The best meal is one shared by many. That's why Old Mutual and Al Baraka Bank offer you a range of Sharia-compliant unit trusts that grows your wealth whilst protecting the environment, improving social conditions, and promoting good governance. Invest with faith. Old Mutual Al Baraka Sharia Funds. Visit oldmutualinvest.com or contact your financial advisor. Old Mutual Unit Trust Managers is an approved collective investment scheme manager and can be contacted for their fees and charges. Al Baraka Bank is an authorized financial services and credit provider. When winter comes, it's more than just cold. For millions of refugees, displaced persons, flood-affected families and impoverished households, winter is a question of survival. That's why the Al-Imdad Foundation is reaching out to deliver winter aid to struggling communities in 14 countries across the globe. Help spread the warmth today by sponsoring a winter pack for 600 Rand. Donate online at www.alimdad.com or call 0861-786-243 for more information. The Household Express, only on Radio Islam International. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back. Well, let's go on to the recipe segment of the program. And today we're sharing with you a watermelon and radish shallot courtesy of Sister Nafisa Ragi and Sister Zinat Kaji. And they've uh, gladly allowed us to share this lovely recipe, cooling for this type of weather. So you're going to require one, I mean, a watermelon cut in cube or scooped. Watermelon cut in cube or scooped. Radishes thinly sliced. Radishes thinly sliced, mint leaves chopped, mint leaves chopped, baby, sorry, baby gherkins thinly sliced, baby gherkins thinly sliced, fresh pickle baby cucumber halved and then thinly sliced. Fresh pickle, baby cucumber halved, and then thinly sliced. So the recipe for the watermelon and radish shallot is, well, no amounts are given here, but you just need to just basically judge for a packed platter or a bowl. It's watermelon cut in cubed or scooped, radishes thinly sliced, mint leaves chopped, baby gherkins thinly sliced, fresh pickle, baby cucumber halved, and then thinly sliced, for the dressing, you will require three tablespoons of Woolworths red vinegar, three tablespoons of Woolworths red vinegar, one tablespoon caster sugar, one tablespoon caster sugar, one and a half tablespoons clear honey, one and a half tablespoons clear honey, a half a teaspoon of cayenne pepper, a half a teaspoon of cayenne pepper. A half a teaspoon of ground cinnamon, a half a teaspoon of ground cinnamon, reserve pickle liquid, 
reserve pickled liquid, salt and freshly ground black pepper and tannish feta. So arrange watermelon, radish, cucumber and mint in your platter. Mix your dressing and serve on the side or pour over before serving. Crumble feta cheese and serve it nice and cold. And the recipe you can find on my Instagram page. It's amara underscore mula. And uh, if you do require the recipe, then you can call Stafahima on 011-854-7022. As Sister Isa will be back next week from leave, inshallah. Okay, then another listener says that... Um, she brushes the samosas with oil before freezing, okay? And in this way, it doesn't crack, uh, Zakia. That's interesting. Okay, Jazakallah. Then Auntie Sharifa says, um, how many teaspoons is equivalent to half a packet of yeast? So if it's 10, gram, 10 grams will give you how many teaspoons? Plus minus two teaspoons, depending okay. on the teaspoon size. Today you find so many oh, different yes. sizes mm-hmm. of teaspoons, but the correct measurement would be a teaspoon is supposed to be five grams. Okay, and then she asked also how many cups is 750 grams of cake flour? Three cups. Three cups, okay. Also, Sister Sherefa wants to know, and how, if you don't have aniseed, I know aniseed is soft, am I right? Um... Fennelly no, no, so. sorry, sorry. If you don't have any seed in your cook sisters, can you use something else if you don't have it? So any seed literally gives it the liquorish uh, flavor. But um, if you don't have it, your other spices will still compensate for it. Okay. Okay, here we go with another question. Uh, East Oakwiri, can you guide me on the average number of mini, medium, large pizza bases, tawa naan, garlic naan, or shawarma pockets from a four cup East I'm a I'm a beginner in East making. I'll reward you. Okay, it all depends on the sizes that yes. you would make. So if you're making on a four cup yeast dough, plus minus you'll get six to eight, maybe even ten uh, side plate size pitas or shawamas or pizzas, irrespective of what you you you're doing, it's still a circle. Mm-hmm. So plus minus you'd get between six and ten of a side plate size. Obviously a saucer will give you plus minus or can be plus minus twenty. And then on a large um, I know a two-cup uh, pizza dough recipe, which has his, gives you about four pizzas, four large pizzas. Mm-hmm. Yes. So four cups would be four, eight, twelve, sixteen pizzas on a large. So that would be a dinner plate size. Okay. That's a, that's, that's a good, a nice amount. Yeah. Yes. A good amount. Okay. Um, before we actually wrap up today's program, I think it's amazing how time goes by. It's like, yeah. You know, there's so much to talk to about. So much. In, in fact, it's a lovely interactive program. There's lots to be covered as well. So, you know, with the load shedding now, everybody's experiencing this challenge and that. Uh, share all the tips on buying meat, chicken and fish, you know, during load shedding. And I think you find that people are actually buying less and keeping less in their freezers because things are going off as well. So, share with us one or two tips on buying meat, chicken and fish in this load shedding. I think the best step is that you buy um, your produce only for two to three days. Um, and then when you're going to do your shopping, also buy your uh, buy your meat, your fish, your um, bean last. And then the best advice now with the weather that we have in would be 
carry a cooler bag with ice packs. Immediately put your meat into the cooler bag because the car is so hot and the temperatures outside are so hot that just from the car straight home is not good enough, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, one. Two is uh, don't keep your meat out for very long. And when you're going shopping also, um, make sure that you get in the meat that's what you've seen. Yes. Uh, because um, I'm not saying this happens, but this can happen where you say, I want so much of so-and-so thing. And then obviously the butchers, we, we can't exactly watch everything, but then they can give you from the older produce or stuff mm. that you're not seeing. Um, so just be cautious. Um, your meat shouldn't be off color shouldn't have slimy substances, funny smells. Same with your fish. Fish should look shiny, bright color eyes. Uh, these are, com- and it, um, it, should, it shouldn't smell extremely potent. If fish has a very potent mm. smell, it's an old fish, you can smell the difference between old fish and fresh fish. Fresh fish has that fresh fish smell. Okay. Uh, a, a question actually came on before you actually wrap up today's program. The sister says, I just made pizza dough with yeast and the lights went without warning, okay? Can I just leave out now? I'm supposed to pre-bake it. Um, so the lights went off. So you don't really have an option. You just cover it so it doesn't dry out and form a crust. Mm-hmm. So you can just put uh, over a cling wrap over your over it, but when you cling in it, um, make sure that uh, the pizza, the, the cling wrap's touching your, your, your dough so it doesn't form those crusts. Okay. And then when the lights do come back, you can bake it. Okay. Uh, just keep it in the cooler side of your kitchen or your home so that it doesn't overproof. Alright, okay. And then the sister says, yeah, okay, Jazakallah khair. So that's where it is. Can, um, Okay, there's one question. How do you keep lettuce fresh? So, I have um, the Tupperware lettuce container because I I find that that works best. But obviously not everyone has the Tupperware one. You do have lettuce containers at Westpac. Whereas I place the lettuce um, with the core downwards and the head up. So, whatever moisture there is or if moisture does uh, release it releases down towards the core into the container and your lettuce uh, leaves are not in the moisture so can you tell us how do you freeze your dinner do you freeze dania no i don't freeze dania me too i've never tried freezing it so it doesn't work for me i don't know why um i know my cousin so she does catering she does freeze her dania um so she washes it she dries it she chops it up and she puts it into a ziploc bag and then she just sprinkles it like that onto her 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 food but i i personally prefer fresh herbs fresh dania fresh mint fresh rosemary there is a difference in the taste and the smell and the flavor really of food. Absolutely. Well, that's where we leave it for today. A lovely interactive program. Jazakla to you, Zakia. Jazakla to our engineer and to our um, producer, Mumtaz. Yes, okay. Uh, the listener says, pizza, quick freeze it and take out to bake when lights come back. Otherwise, it will overproof. So... If you put in, so if you put it into the freezer before baking it, um, and then you're going to take it out to bake, um, it would be best that you're baking it to eat. Uh, 
then put your toppings on now and, and then it. freeze it. Yes. Because if you're going to take it out, um, to, then you need to obviously thaw it and then bake it. And then that's activating the yeast, deactivating the yeast, activating the yeast, deactivating the yeast. You're not going to have a lovely product in the end. Okay. So that's where we leave it for today. And the program will be available on podcast uh, later on in the afternoon, inshallah. So Turkey is busy with podcasts. So you can listen on on the podcast as well. So from me, Amara and Zakia, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.